Good morning. Morning. Good morning. How you doing? Uh, a couple of things I want to make you aware of coming up. Uh, baptism is coming up June 3rd in conjunction with our summer kickoff. So uh, June 3rd here we'll do our summer kickoff service and then we will go to the home of Brian and Stacy Kaplan. They have a pool. Uh, this is where we've done our uh, summer kickoff potluck the last three years and baptisms there the last three years. So if you or your child or anyone you know is interested in baptism, please uh, connect with me, and I'd love to talk to you more about baptism. All right? So uh, with summer coming, we have two more mini-series within our big series, Three Years with Jesus. We're in the next uh, 10 weeks, going to wrap up year one of Three Years with Jesus. And today, we're starting a series called The Way of Resurrection. And uh, so, I, if you've been following along online, we have a webpage uh, just totally devoted to Three Years with Jesus and the schedule and the text. If you've been following along on there, you might want to check it because I, uh, I flipped some text around to kind of connect with where I want to go over the next several weeks. So, um, this... Sunday, we are in Luke chapter 8, and we're going to be looking at just a few short verses. Luke chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 19. Before we get to verse 19, I want to uh, start uh, to create some context. Jesus was talking about uh, this parable, uh, which we've called the parable of the sower, and he wraps it up by uh, saying this, verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So those who hear the word, retain it, and persevere and produce a crop are the seeds on good soil. So Jesus has told this parable of the different seeds and different types of soil and what will grow and what will get choked out. And then he uh, talks about no one lights a lamp and hides it. Uh, that the call, those of us following Jesus, the call is to shine in the world, the light of Christ. Verse 18, he says, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Then, in verse 19, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near to him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Uh, what is Jesus talking about here? His, his mother and brother are trying to see him, and they can't because of the crowd. So someone says, hey, your mother and brothers are here to see you. And he says, well, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So is uh, Jesus disregarding his biological family here. Uh, for some of you here who maybe uh, don't particularly care for your biological family, you're saying, hey, sign me up. Uh, where do I sign up for this? Uh, in Jesus's culture, the biological family was extremely important. And so Jesus is not discarding the biological family. In fact, elsewhere in Matthew 15, Jesus gets pretty upset with some religious leaders who are uh, making excuses for not honoring the command to honor your father and mother. Uh, and on the cross, uh, a few weeks ago, we looked at these words from Jesus where he looks at the beloved disciple John and says, your mother and mother, your 
son. He, he's deeply concerned for his mother and that she be cared for. So Jesus is not disregarding the biological family, but Jesus is trying to help people expand their vision of what family is. That family is not only defined by biology, but family is defined by something so much bigger. That Jesus has come, and part of what Jesus is doing in our midst is creating a whole new family, a whole new humanity. Uh, notice this quote. Uh, one, of the value, one of the values most cherished by nuclear families in the dominant culture is privacy. When they come to church, most white middle-class families wish to preserve their privacy. When they come to church, most Hispanic nuclear families come to be part of the one extended family of the church. Justo Gonzalez, he's a, a Cuban theologian. There you go, Cashy. I just quoted a Cuban. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he... <laughs> uh, it, He's helping us see that uh, often in our culture, we, we've made an idol of the nuclear family and, and keeping it private and things that happen in our home and in our family, it's private. But for the Hispanic community, uh, it's all family. They recognize a, a bigger scope of family. This is what Jesus is trying to help us see. This is what Jesus is inviting us into, is inviting us to see the bigger scope of family, that there's something bigger than just biology going on in what Jesus is inviting us into. So I wonder, what might it look like to participate in the faith family? Uh, what does it look like for us to be the family of God together, to journey together, to walk together, to do life together? Uh, for starters, it might look like going on retreat together. Uh, one of our key values at Bayman, we have, we have four values, abide, belong, create, demonstrate. One of our key values is belong. This is what we believe, that God wired us for relationships. We are each unique with different passions, gifts, callings, personalities, opinions, and preferences. Yet all those differences come together in the beautiful, messy organism we call the church. We believe we are called to live life together, share together, worship together, celebrate together, confess together, pray together, serve together, and love each other deeply. The way of Jesus cannot be lived alone. This is what we believe. The way of Jesus cannot be lived alone. We need to do this together. We're family. We're invited into a way of being together that is not privacy, isolation, radical individualism that, that does not uh, live into the dominant culture, but rather lives into a Christ-like consciousness and a way of being family together. At Bay Marin, we have what we call our faith communities. Maybe we should call them faith families. Uh, where we gather together throughout the week. And so what we do here on Sunday morning, this is our, this is our family coming together in a, in a bigger group, but where church really happens are in these weekly gatherings in homes throughout the week in our faith communities. If you're not in a faith community, I would invite you to consider it. I'd invite you to talk to me. I'd love to get you connected to a faith community. Uh, Jesus invites us to be family 
together, to recognize that family is something bigger than biology, that family is something that's rooted and grounded in the way of Jesus. He invites us into a new family, a new humanity. Uh, Paul talks about this in Ephesians 2. In Ephesians 2, uh, Paul is talking about this rift uh, between Jews and Gentiles, and that Jesus, who is a Jew, came to heal that rift, that, that Jesus came to reconcile people to God and people to one another, no matter what the differences are, uh, that Jesus came to heal and reconcile these differences, these dividing walls, these barriers. And, and Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 14, for Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we have both for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Paul is saying part of the work of Jesus, part of the work of the cross was to destroy the dividing walls of hostility, to tear down those things that separate us. For for Paul, in his context, it was the Jew and the Gentiles. Uh, what is the context for us? Where do you look at others and see difference that raises walls, that brings hostility, that brings difference? Uh, Paul tells us Jesus came to tear down those walls. Jesus came to unite us together in one common humanity, that we have an opportunity to live into this way of Jesus as the people of God, as the family of God, despite our differences, that we may have radically different opinions and preferences and different ways of viewing things, but there is something that unites us together as family, and Jesus invites us into that way of being in the world. Uh, the Christian witness in the world is largely defined by our love and by our way of relating to each other. Uh, when the Christian witness is one of division and dissension and dividing walls, it hurts the name of Jesus and the way of love. Uh, a friend of mine, I, I used to uh, serve as a pastor at a church in Michigan, and a pastor I served alongside of there, his name's Don Golden. He's now uh, the executive director of an organization called Red Letter Christians. kind of like that, Red Letter Christians. Uh, and he, this, uh, for the last couple of months, he's been working with other Christian leaders to put together a, uh, what they're calling Lynchburg Revival, uh, a revival uh, thing in Lynchburg, Virginia, and where they're having speakers come in, and, and they're going to worship, and they're going to pray together. And uh, one of the things they wanted to do was unite other local leaders in Lynchburg, Christian leaders together, to come and pray with them. And uh, one, of the, one of the leaders of uh, Lynchburg Revival is a guy named Shane Claiborne. You may be 
familiar with him. He's written some books, and we had him come speak in Michigan before. And so Shane uh, is one of the speakers at the Lynchburg Revival, and he extended an invitation to a local leader in Lynchburg who's the president of a large Christian university in Lynchburg, Virginia. Shane wrote him a letter, didn't get a response. Shane wrote him an email, and this email, I, I hope you can read it because it is just amazing, a, an amazing show of unity. Uh, Shane has some different ideas than this president of this large Christian university, but Shane's posture was, I want to pray with you. Will you pray with me? Will, will you allow me to come onto your university campus and, and pray with you and to show Christian unity? Will you allow me to come and, and pray with students and show Christian unity? You know what the president of this large Christian university responded with? A letter from his lawyer saying, if you step foot on this campus, you will be arrested. The name of Christ is hurt when things like this happen. When you're in bed with empire, when, when you're in bed with the ways of the world, rather than being willing and desire to show Christian unity and solidarity for the name of Christ. The name of Christ is hurt. Uh, Paul tells us, Ephesians 2, that a part of the work of the cross is to tear down the dividing walls, to tear down the walls of hostility. Uh, this is the call of the new family, the new humanity, that we would be united in Christ, that we would be united in love. We might not be united in the way we think or our opinions about everything, but we are united as one family. That's the invitation we've been given. That's the call we're invited into. First uh, John 3.1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We're one family, and this love God has lavished on us, calling us children of God, we're invited into this way of being. The love that's been lavished on us to lavish that same love on the world as we live into being new humanity, this new family of God. Three times in Luke 8, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Luke 8, 18, consider carefully how you listen. Luke 8, 21, hear God's word and put it into practice. Uh, three times in Luke 8, Jesus talks about hearing God's word or listening. Uh, so if we can go back to that other slide. Um, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Uh, are we listening? How... how do we listen? How do we practice listening? Author and pastor John Ortberg, who uh, I think he's a pastor now in the South Bay, 
but he used to be at a large church in Chicago. And when he was at this large church in Chicago, he, he was just going, 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 going. He had a family, just constantly going. And so he called uh, a spiritual director and mentor of his and kind of told him, hey, this is, this is the way my life is going right now. Um, how do I become spiritually healthy? This is what he asked his spiritual director. How do I become spiritually healthy? Uh, so what, what do you think his spiritual director might have said? Uh, read your Bible more, pray more, go to church more. Uh, remember, we, we've talked a lot here about how spirituality is not about adding more to your life. The art of spirituality is actually about subtraction. What does it look like to get rid of the stuff that doesn't belong? Because there's a lot of good things to be involved in. So we have to discern what is it God is inviting me into. And that means saying no to some things that just are really good opportunities. Uh, his spiritual director had one word of advice for him. And his spiritual director, by the way, was Dallas Willard. And this is what Dallas Willard said. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. You want to be spiritually healthy, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Uh, this was Dallas Willard's advice. So, Jesus says, you're my mother, you're my brothers. If you hear God's word and put it into practice. Uh, first, we must remember that John tells us Jesus is the word. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So, so first and foremost, what does it look like to listen to the voice of Jesus and put it into practice? How do we slow down? Pay attention to the presence of God in our life and listen. I think the answer to that question looks different for different people. But I've done something that hopefully will act as a resource, a guide, uh, a helpful way of engaging this. Uh, so I committed uh, in January when we had our, our church meeting, I committed to doing a web page of contemplative practices. I did it. It's on the website right there. Famerin.org slash resources slash contemplative practices. Okay, this may be the one and only time I ever invite you to get your phone out during the service. All right, so if you don't have data, I apologize. Uh, go to Baymarin.org. You there? There's a slide down menu that says resources. Click on resources. and then contemplative practices. You see it? Am I ahead of you, or are you, you following? All right, contemplative practices. First one I have listed there is Lectio Divina. It's a way of reading scripture, a sacred reading of scripture. Uh, divina means divine, Lectio means reading, a divine reading. And uh, there's a place to click for a guide to do Lectio Divina. Now, Here's what I 
would think would be amazing. What if you combine Lectio Divina with the three years of Jesus text that we're going to be looking at every Sunday? What if you came here having already immersed yourself in listening to the voice of Jesus, in listening to the word of God? What, what if we all came here together and, and I said something about the text and you're like, yep, I already thought of that because I did Lectio Divina. What if you immersed yourself in these texts each week just focusing on it, meditating on it, inviting God's Spirit to speak to you through the Word. Uh, that'd be pretty amazing. Just a suggestion, a guide, one way of doing it. I wrote a thing that I call an awareness walk. You can click on the here under the awareness walk tab. And uh, we, we live in a county where it's just fantastic to go for a walk, a hike, a bike ride, whatever. Uh, what, what if you practiced awareness and just looked at this guide as a way of doing that as you go on a hike, as you go on a walk or a bike ride or whatever? Then, uh, because we live in a world of phones and whatnot, I put down three different websites, all of which have apps for both the iPhone and the Android. Uh, that are fantastic resources. This first one is one of my favorite. It's called Pray As You Go. Uh, the folks who put this together do a different prayer for every day. You can simply listen to it. Just allow yourself to be absorbed in the daily prayer. And just hit play and listen. There's a scripture text that they use. They read it. They do kind of a Lectio Ignatian spirituality type thing with it where they read it twice. Uh, slowly, they offer some reflective questions. Uh, it's fantastic, uh, an opportunity to listen to a different prayer every day. Now, also within that app or website, they have a bunch of other prayers available. One of my favorites is the prayer of examine. And I wrote uh, a little guide for the prayer of examine. Uh, if you want to follow the guide and do prayer of examine on your own, but also on this website, they have three different types of prayers of examine, one for children, one for young adults, and one for anyone. Uh, we do the one for children almost every night with our kids. And it's only five and a half minutes long, but it takes a lot longer with our family because we hit pause three times. Because there's kind of three movements in the prayer. The first, just to simplify it, the first is, what made you happy today? And we hit pause. And everyone in our family shares what made them happy. There's six of us in our queen-size bed together, cuddling, listening to this prayer. What made you happy? Pause. And everyone shares what made them happy. Play. Next question. What made you sad today? Pause. Each person shares, reflects on the day, what made them sad today. Uh, play. Next question, what would you like to ask God to help you with tomorrow? Pause. Each person shares what they would like God to help them with tomorrow. We pray about it. Play, it, it ends with uh, the Alleluia prayer together, which <clears throat> I wasn't going to do this, but now in the moment I just feel compelled. We, we have hand motions for it, and it's, it, it goes like this. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And, and 12 hands come together all in one. Amen. Uh, so it's a way to slow down. Prayer of examine. It em- em- empowers you to reflect on your day. How'd your day go? What made you happy? What made you sad? What would you like to ask God to help you with tomorrow? Uh, how do we become spiritually healthy? D- Dallas World Willard tells us uh, step one sounds like ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Uh, these aren't laws or, or right, wrong way to do it. It's just a, a helpful guide, I hope. And I hope you find something on here helpful to you. Uh, a couple other apps, Sacred Space, and then the Daily Office, which would be a longer experience. It would be reading through all the scriptures and prayers that uh, uh, thousands, millions of people all over the world are, are praying together. It's based on the lectionary, where uh, everyone's reading the exact same texts out of the Book of Common Prayer. Well, there's an app that just gives it to you. And so you could be reading through these texts and praying these prayers, knowing that millions of people all around the world are reading the same scripture and praying the same prayers. Talk about the one family of God uniting together around something common. You you could be doing this alone in your room or your office or your car, but knowing there's something so much bigger going on because I'm sharing in this experience with millions of other people around the world. Jesus invites us into the new family of God. And he tells us those who hear God's word and put it into practice are my family. Uh, I long for us to be a people who know how to listen, who, who ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives, pause, breathe, experience the breath of God moving in and moving out, be still, and listen to the voice of God in our lives. Uh, some thoughts I had about this text. Jesus' word is all about the story of God who encounters human stories and generates a new cosmic redeeming story, a whole new creation. Those who hear the word and do it, who know their identity, who have experienced forgiveness and forgiven others, experience a profound sense of community in love and obedience. They become like a family composed of beloved relatives that share the same blood and same story, that of Christ. We are one body, fellowshipping, partaking of the one loaf and one cup, the bread of heaven, the cup of salvation. So this morning as we come and partake, of the bread and the cup, as you take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. I hope you'll be able to breathe, pause, encounter the risen Christ, and recognize that everyone else who's coming up is a part of your family. Uh, They may look different, they may think differently, Uh, They may have different politics, different postures, different ways of being in the world, but they're 
family. We're family. And we're invited to just be present to God and one another and receive all that God has for us. God, thank you. Thank you for creating a new family, a new humanity in Christ. God, empower us to be full participants of that new humanity, that new way of being in the world that you invite us into. God, I pray that we would be a people who listen, who truly hear your word, who truly hear Jesus, and that we'd be a people who put it into practice. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.